Live from Sweet Apple Acres, you're listening to the Cutie Mark Crusaders Radio, bringing you all of the very latest news and views fit to send Princess Celestia. I'm Lavender Pixels. And I'm Quintessential Quill. For today's broadcast, we'll be checking in on the full free press and the latest news from around Equestria, chatting it up about how to introduce non-bronies to the MLP fandom, try to make it through the ever-free forest without our cupcakes, pick up the latest letters from our favorite mail mare, and spotlight the true best pony. So sit back, kick up your hooves, and treat yourself to a glass of fresh-squeezed cider, and prepare to get what every pony wants. Well, Sam, it's been it's been a really good week in ponies this week, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. What have you been up to? Tell me, tell me what you've been up to. Well, I bought one of the uh, blind bags for the very first time. Oh my God, I love the blind bag figures. Which one did you Which one did you get? I got Twilight. It was the uh, the little pink one with the sparklies. On oh, it was one of the Crystal Pony sets. Yes. I don't so. like the Crystal Ponies. They freak me out. I was kind of just, I don't know, I kind of held it up and I was like, uh, this is okay, I guess. You know, I'm, I'll, I'm still going with it because, I mean, it is the very first one that I pulled. I just don't know what all these different waves and you know, things of blind bags are, so I just kind of picked one up just on a whim, and there you go. Oh, I will, teach, I will teach you. Avoid the blue ones, because the blue ones are all the crystal ponies, and they're all like that, and the only good one out of all of those is the metallic Pinkie Pie, and I have the metallic Pinkie Pie, so... Yeah, so... I've actually been taking um, photographs of my blind bag figures, because they're, they're super tiny, and I recently got a macro lens for my camera, so the macro lens takes really nice pictures of these little blind bag figures, and I've been super thrilled with that. That's awesome. I know. I kind of like it. <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, it's in the I've been doing a lot of stuff with the figures. I mean, I recently went out and got two of the uh, two of the vinyl figures that they released. The, oh, the the bigger ones, yeah. Yeah, they're like I don't know six inches tall or something like that, and I have the uh, derpy and the. Uh, Rainbow Dash, but I know that they released two other ones here not too long ago. I think they were the Time Turner and the Fluttershy. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I might get those. I'm not too much of a fan of Time Turner. You know, it's kind of one of those things where if you're big into Doctor Who, it's one of those... Uh, <laughs> right. One of those, hey, I gotta have that. But, and, you know, I guess... I don't know. I, I did watch the... Uh, uh, Time Turner uh, fan episodes with him and Derpy on it, and those were pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, but so that might influence my decision to get one. But the Fluttershy one, I would probably get. I like the Fluttershy one a lot because um, her hair is different than the other two. Because Rainbow Dash and the Derpy Who's one have the same hair. Yeah, we're pretty, sort of. we're pretty close. Like They're it's pretty, pretty close. close. Yep. Uh, but Fluttershy's hair is 
like super different, which makes me happy because in the blind bag figures, like the Fluttershy ponies are the same mold as like the Rainbow Dash ones, which is like the little one that's like up on her back legs and stuff. And yeah. they don't I don't like the way that the Fluttershy blind bags look. Oh, OK. It's a little bit on the sad side. That is sad. But still, though. Yeah, but still, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually um, have gotten some of my very first brushables. Okay. Like, I'd been avoiding them for a long time because they've, like, their hair is so weird. And I was, like, really sort of against picking up any of the brushables ever until I was browsing around DeviantArt one day and I came across these really nice tutorials on how to turn, like, every single brushable's hair into show accurate hair. Oh. So, like, because they're, the hair in their mane and their tail is made of a special kind of fiber that reacts really well to um, being wet and then dried under a heat lamp. Because when it's dried underneath a heat lamp, it sets really nicely. Nice. And so there's a couple of people that have, like, gone through and experimented and found ways to use things like toothbrush, or t- toothpicks and straws and things like that to make the ponies have show-accurate hair. So I've been preparing to do that that's really awesome because i know i had seen some of those before and i was immediately turned off by it because it was like well yeah that's a toy that's specifically for you know the target audience and <laughs> i was just like well that's you know if it's not even show accurate then you know that's not something i'm interested in but you know it's good that you found tutorials for that and you're able to make them show accurate. I don't think I have the patience to be able to do that. But Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I've got a I've got a Celestia and a Luna now and then a Pinkie Pie and a Rarity because they came in two packs. Rarity and Celestia came together and Luna and Pinkie Pie came together. Why those pairings? I don't know, but I I know. I <laughs> immediately thought of that and I was just like, well, it's going to be two of the main six and then the two princesses together, but apparently that's not the case. So yeah, and that that wasn't how it worked out. It was one of the main six with each princess, and it wasn't even like uh, Twilight Sparkle with Celestia. It was Rarity. So that's weird. It was it was a little weird. <laughs> that is really weird. I'm yeah, whatever. So, but uh, yeah. Otherwise, the only other thing that I've been doing when it comes to MLP besides waiting for season four to come out, which won't come out for a very long time. Oh, yet. the drought before season four has officially begun. Yeah. Other other than that, the only other thing I've been doing on doing is catching myself up on the fan music again. And I've been listening to a lot of stuff from like um Living Tombstone and uh Ponyphonic. And there are some really, really good ones out there that aren't even from the main the mainstream ones that are really, really good, and I've been really pleased with what I've been listening to. Oh, me too. I've been updating my my fan music playlist again. I have been, like, I keep a really large playlist on, like, all of my music devices. My Pony playlist is on my iPod, my iPad, and my Zoom, (laughs) as well as my PC. So, like, I have it in a bunch of different places, and I think I'm sitting at, like, right around 90 songs right now, and I need more. I've decided that that's not enough. <laughs> and I know there's, like, more good stuff out there, because, like, a lot of what I had found initially, I was sort of just, um, I was sort of just, like, getting and finding randomly, and then I found this great big huge listing of 
a, a fan voted list of the top 100 so- fan made songs of 2012. And so I went through that whole thing and added like a ton more. <laughs> nice. So that was awesome, but. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm actually finally starting to get used to checking Equestria Daily every day again. Um, yeah. We, we talked about like the, the season four drought starting, and I was like, you know, the the only way for me to deal with that when we were waiting for season three was to constantly be checking EQD. Yep. And so I've I've got I'm starting to get back into the habit of checking Equestria Daily all the time again for you know little tidbits and updates and it's kind of neat because they do like meetup reports and things like that so it's it's a neat little place and it kind of keeps me going while I'm waiting for the new episodes that aren't supposed to be coming out till like when next winter next winter yeah so we've got the longest drought ever yeah but season four is also going to be twice as long as season three so. Yeah, that's true. At least, hopefully, the wait will be worth it. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yep. Yeah, I haven't looked into Equestria Daily in a long, long time. I probably should get back into the habit of that, too. I totally should. It's a great website. Yep. All right, well, I think that catches everybody up on everything we've been up to in the past couple of weeks here for pony-related things. I think now it's time to go check in with our favorite fillies at the Full Free Press. The Cutie Mark Crusaders have been added again, and they have got a huge list of news for us to present with you guys this week. Indeed. The first thing that we should probably talk about here is that it is time to rejoice and shout huzzah at the new season three episodes now being available on Netflix. I am so grateful for this. I was a little like you and I were both pretty upset when NLP-FIM.com got taken down. Yeah. Um, they got the, the cease and desist from Hasbro and I was nervous because I was like, well, you know, I don't have the hub. I can't pay for the hub because I can't pay for cable. So where am I going to, you know, have access to my pony fix now for season three? And then lo and behold, there was a reason season three suddenly appeared on Netflix. And I was like, okay, I, I think I'm okay with this now. Yep. And I didn't even know season three come out on Netflix until I was just randomly browsing through and I was like, well, I want to watch some more of season one because I can't watch it on the Internet anymore. And all of a sudden, three seasons, the new episodes <laughs> bar there. So I was just like, done. The new episodes bar is like the best thing in the world on Netflix. It's like yep. you're just browsing through and it's like new episodes. <gasps> it's awesome. I was pretty excited. Speaking of things that you should be watching, uh, the Brony documentary that was produced by John Delancey has been officially released now. It's available for digital download directly from uh, the Brony documentary website. Yep. And one of the really cool things that they're doing is if you want a physical copy, there's a very limited amount of this documentary that's been printed on Blu-ray discs that are signed by Tara Strong, Lauren Faust, and John Delancey. Those would be amazing to be able to get a hold of. Yeah, they're going for a hundred bucks, so it's it, yeah, it's not a small expense, but it's still a pretty sweet, neat thing. 
It is. It is. Uh, we Love Fine has some new t-shirts that were also made available now. Oh, we Love Fine has the best t-shirts. I know. <laughs> I bought one, I've bought one. i bought, what, one, two, three, three of their t-shirts now already. <laughs> right. you've, probably, you've probably got a whole lot more than I do. I'm um, obsessed with t-shirts. And uh, some of the new ones include a new Nightmare Moon shirt and two Derpy shirts. And I'm going to have to look into that and see what's going on there because, you, I don't know, there are some that are made specifically for women and there are some made specifically for men, too. And, I don't know, I like to find some the gems that I can get while I'm there because some of them are, I don't know, some of them, you know, some of the ponies are okay, in my opinion, but there are some that I really, really like. And as it turns out, not a whole lot of them make it onto the t-shirts. So I kind of have to check through and see what's going on there before I actually buy one. Yeah, that's that's why I really love my uh, my Lyra shirt. I have the one Lyra Heartstring shirt, and I love that one because I love Lyra. I think she's so awesome. <laughs> um, but We Love Fine is really neat because they do so many of like the background pony shirts and things like that. It's not just about the main six. So Exactly. Speaking of like things that are not quite so mainstream, um, issue five of the MLP comic is now available and it's purchasable like literally everywhere. You can get it at your local comic shops. Hot Topic is uh, stocking the comic as well as uh, digital locations. Like you can buy it digitally through apps like Comixology. And you know I've seen a couple of those out there, but I haven't had. I guess I haven't had the spare money to be able to buy them yet. But I haven't. I have, I haven't I read have, them either. I have flipped through them, though, and they looked pretty good. So, I mean, there were a lot of really engaging stories in them. It wasn't just, you know, some random stuff going on and, you know, it wasn't catering to, you know, a younger audience either. I mean, it was, oh, yeah, it was yeah, a, it's, really, a really solid story from the issue that I read. They're definitely good. Like, I've heard that they are fantastic, and now that there's five issues out, I'm kind of like, well, I should probably jump on this before it gets too far ahead of me. <laughs> probably. Speaking of things that are getting amazing, you know, redos and everything like that, the Equestria Daily mobile app just got an update, so... You know, that's another fantastic way to keep yourself updated with what's going on on Equestria Daily, uh, on whatever mobile device it is that you have. Which it's, it's really cool. Like, I didn't even realize that this was a thing until we were working on news, and um, they were like, hey, the, the EQD app has been updated. And I was like, wait, there's an app? And it's really, really, like, the, the interface is super slick. Like, when you're doing the music posts and things like that, it lets you, like, listen to the music right there in the app. It doesn't make you switch out for the YouTube app or anything like that. It's it's really nice. I've really been enjoying it. It's a, it's an iPhone, like, app only. There isn't, like, a full tablet-sized app yet, which makes me a little sad. But oh. I'll, I'll deal with the slight pixelation because my screen is bigger. Yeah. Still. Uh, and just a reminder um, for those of you that are utilizing Facebook, and if you're not using Ponyhoof already, you should be. Ponyhoof just got a sweet new update. Um, the newest update is actually offering not only bug fixes and things like that that they're always taking care of, but it's also added two new themes for the main six ponies, including winter wrap-up themes and crystal pony themes. Nice. 
some of the Crystal Pony themes are a little bit sad. Like, I was a little bit disappointed with Rarity's Crystal Pony theme, which is really sad because I thought Rarity was best Crystal Pony. Now, what was wrong with it? Is it just that? The, the vector is really small. Like, the side vector is super small and in comparison with, like, a lot of the other ones. And on hers, like, her eyes aren't even crystal. Like, you know, on when when the girls become, like, their crystal ponies, their inner eye circles and things like that aren't so – they're not round completely anymore. They have the little edges because it's oh. sort of – yeah, it's it's neat. It's something that I've I noticed watching the, those episodes. I might be a little bit detail-oriented. <laughs> um, but on Rarity's vector, you can't tell that. Like, Twilight Sparkle's vector is fantastic. Pinkie Pie's new vector for the Crystal Ponies one is fantastic. But Rarity's was disappointing, and I was a little sad about that. So I'm back to using Twilight Sparkle Pony Hoof. Okay. <laughs> hey, that's news. It is news. Well, thanks to Sweetie Belle, Scootaloo, and Apple Bloom for keeping us updated on all of the latest news. I think with that, we are going to head over to this week's main topic.
Well, it's something that every brony or pegasister has thought about at some point, and that is how to introduce a non-brony to the My Little Pony Friendship is Magic world. Now, there will always be people who simply just are not interested in the franchise, but there are some ways to subtly introduce the franchise to potential bronies and pegasisters that are just as creative as they are enjoyable. Obviously, the most, you know, the the most obvious way to go about this is using the show itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the most common way to go about introducing non-bronies to the fandom, but it, it results in a lot of skepticism. People that are not interested in the show or are hesitant are more likely to push against the idea of sitting down and watching a few episodes. That was actually me. So <laughs> It's true. When, it's true. When I started trying to get you to watch Ponies, you were like, nah. Yeah, and it was just something where I heard the title, and even though you did say that it was really good, it was just something that I wasn't willing to go out of my way to watch. And... You know, it's like for some of these very reasons here, you know, the introduction of the show, the name of the franchise, and the the, I guess, the perceived target age audience of the show, now that we've, now that you know that there's, we know that there are so many people from so many age ranges who enjoy it, you know, this perceived target age audience in particular often turns people off from the show before they even see it. Yeah, there's a lot of those types of things that are working against getting, you know, other people involved in watching the show. And it's it's just it's it's because it's so girly and little girly when you look at it. I mean, you're talking about a show about ponies that's called Friendship is Magic. And it's really, really hard to get people to get over that. But if you can get them to sit down and watch a couple of episodes, it goes a really long way in demonstrating the quality of the programming. This show has fantastic animation, fantastic music, fantastic voice acting, fantastic stories and characters. And if you can just get somebody to sit down with you and watch two or three episodes, they're usually going to want to watch more. <laughs> exactly. And a nice way to start out with it, too, is not to start out with the very first episodes that are that are in the timeline of the show. It would be a good way to start, especially with uh, male audiences, is season two, episodes one and two. This is how I suggested that Sam started with the with the whole series. And this is how I suggest any every single one of my non brony friends start the series when they are, you know, just getting started. Season two, episodes one and two are the Discord episodes. And they are, in my opinion, the best episodes in the entire series. John Delancey himself even commented that the the bronies like the Discord episodes and they like the Discord character because he is a naughty character. So and the character itself is just something that you do not expect to see in a show entitled My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. He is literally the embodiment of disharmony. Like, mm-hmm. he, he is all things chaos imbued in one weird pony draconic goat thing. Yeah, so... It's a really nice way to start it out. It's the episode itself, the episodes themselves, I guess, are very well written. They're very well done. And it's a nice place to start out with watching the series. That's how I started out. I watched season two, episodes one and two, and then I went back to the very beginning. And it almost, once you get a little bit of a... Uh, 
time shock, I guess, when you're watching the first two episodes of season two, because there are some things that make sense only after you've watched the first season that happen in season in season two. But is but I don't know, I almost got a better appreciation of those things after I went back and watched through all of season one. It kind of makes the first season a little bit more powerful in some ways, because in season two, episodes one and two, the Discord episodes, there's a lot of flashbacks um, to the ponies' previous encounters with each other and the things that made their friendship special and that makes their bond so special. And so when you're going, when you've seen those and you've seen the little tidbits through flashbacks, going back into season one and then watching those things happen, it's kind of it's kind of a neat way to experience the show. Yep. If you can't get them to sit down, if you can't get your friends to sit down and watch the show with you specifically, you can sort of get you could you could try a couple of different routes. And the first other route that Sam or that uh, that we're going to suggest to you is going the music route. And you know, beyond above and beyond anything else, this is what actually got me hooked into the show. And it wasn't that I, it was only after I listened to some of the music that Natil had played on her, I think it was her computer one night when I was hanging out over at her place that we actually, that I actually got into it because it was the music and I believe it was the Eurobeat. The Discord song, yes. (laughs) Yes, the Eurobeat version of Discord. So, and you know, this is a fantastic way to introduce people if they're, musically oriented it really really is because there's so much good music out there many of the artistic bronies and pegasisters out there are posting their musical works on youtube and there's this huge talent pool to choose from if you're introducing somebody to the franchise through music i mean it's it is astonishing the number of creative people that this show has brought out of the woodwork people that you know maybe wouldn't be acting so creatively or being so inspired otherwise. Exactly. And, you know, there's there's so many of them out there that it's going to, like, it's impossible for Sam and I to name them all. But we've got some really good starting places for you. Yep. We, the, some of the really big names out there are Odyssey Eurobeat, The Living Tombstone, and The Wooden Toaster. I mean, you know, those three artists alone are wildly popular across YouTube. Their YouTube their YouTube videos get hundreds of thousands of hits and it's it's a really big deal. <laughs> yep. There are also some uh s- some smaller channels that still produce some amazing uh some amazing musical works though. I mean DJ Alex S produces some really fantastic remixes of especially Pinkie Pie. That's right. Like, Party with Pinky is very good. Yes, and he's produced a number of different versions of it, too. So, I mean, he does a fantastic job with that. I've really been falling in love with Ponyphonic. Um, They do... What they do is not remixes, but original music. And, oh my goodness, it's so good. Um, Some of their, like, some of my favorite ones for them is uh, Lullaby for a Princess and The Moon Rises. Those were pretty good. Like Lullaby for a Princess is fantastic. And the neat thing about them is that they're not, it's not just one artist. It's sort of a group of artists that have come together and are producing this amazing music. Like um, Lullaby for a Princess was the debut for their new female vocalist. 
and she's fantastic. Oh, my God. <laughs> she is fantastic. Her singing voice is above and beyond many people that I've ever heard before. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, on the on the topic of remixes, though, I know we mentioned DJ Alex S., but um, Sim Gretna. He does fantastic work, too. I love his winter wrap-up remix. It is amazing. Well, and winter wrap winter wrap up is like the catchiest song of all time. <laughs> you you can't you can't not get that stuck in your head. It's true. Um, I'm also a big fan of Mike the Microphone. You know, um, I'm not familiar with this one. He was he does some YouTube collaborations, and I'm sure he does his own his own original works too. But he collaborates a lot with Wooden Toaster. Oh. And he was one of the people who did the work uh, Nightmare Night. Oh, okay. Yep, he was, I think he did part of the uh, Nightmare Night rap for it. He was, I've, I believe Wooden Toaster heard what he did on one of his works, and, you know, they were just like, you know what, we need to have you, so. Nightmare Night is one of your favorite Pony fan it is. songs. It is, it is. <laughs> but that's because, I mean, it's a, it's a song about Nightmare Night and princess luna and it's just amazing Luna's best princess luna is best princess the the really neat thing that acoustic brony has done that i think is really really interesting is he created themes for all of the main six ponies well that's cool and they sort of take little bits from all of the songs that the ponies have sang in and interweave them in an original, like overarching theme kind of way. Um, Applejack's is my favorite and I don't usually like, I don't have a whole lot of Applejack anything, but her theme is called the loyal, the loyalist and most dependable. And it's so good. Like there's little bits of um, her solo from winter wrap up weaved in there. And it's, it's, it's a really, really neat thing. Cause it's kind of a remix, but only just barely. Yep. Like we said, I mean, there are so many musicians out there that it just defies belief that you, that there are so many creative people out there who are doing music about a show called my little pony but you know they the show is fantastic and they're showing that appreciation through their art and i mean the art in and of itself just boggles the mind yeah i mean if you think that there are a lot of brony musicians out there there are probably 30 times that many brony artists yeah there are and there are a lot and there there are people doing everything from you know, traditional, like, painting work. There are people doing Minecraft-based art. There are people doing pixel art. There are people taking and making amazing vectors from the show. And there's, like, it's just so unbelievably massive, the amount of pony art that you can find that is good and touching and just beautiful to look at. It is. And if there's you want- some... There are some amazingly creative people who do work that's related to My Little Pony. I mean, just amazingly creative. And, you know, the art might not be, like, the most 
appropriate way to go about introducing to someone to the show, but if they, like, watch the first episode that you show them or whatever, and you're like, well, this this is kind of weird, I don't like the way the ponies are drawn or something like that, whip up DeviantArt and just search, like, Twilight Sparkle, and you will find so many different renditions of Twilight Sparkle that, like, it it starts to have an effect on how you see her in the show. I mean, it's it doesn't just become, you know the typical, oh, I see, this is Twilight Sparkle. It's all of the other renditions of Twilight Sparkle that you've seen through the fan art that starts to show through her as well. And if you've got a budding fan, there are a lot of things on DeviantArt that are just really humorous and serve only to really reinforce your appreciation of the show. One of my favorites that I've seen out there was, I think it was entitled Hang Derp. And it was of Rainbow Dash who was surfing on a wave, and right next to her, as she looks on, just jaw-dropping in awe, is uh, Derpy and her, uh, yeah, it was Derpy and her little uh, foal there. They were riding a bike on the waves, <laughs> and it's just like, this is this is amazing. How does this happen? But it's just, it was a beautifully done work of art. It was so funny and it was so amazing. And it's just, yes. True story. There's, there's a lot of really great humor available in the form of DP and art comics. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, if you can't get your supposed soon to be brony friends to sit down and watch a full episode, turns out there are other kinds of videos that you can sit them down to watch. Oh, yeah. And these videos can be broken up really into two major groups, and those are original fan animations and the informational videos that are out there. Yeah, so the the first kind that we'll talk about are the fan animations, because if you've got someone who's a little antsy and doesn't want to sit down for a full 25-minute episode or whatever, this might be the best way to go about it. Yeah. Um, there's tons of them out there, and they range in size and scope, as well as content. If you're looking to get someone a more realistic picture of the show, try Picture Perfect Pony. That one was pretty good. It's amazing. It's completely fan done, but the music in it is astonishing. It sounds like it could have come right out of the show. The animation looks like it was professionally done by Hasbro. It's really 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 amazing and it's like literally three minutes long yep and you know there are also a lot of ways to grab in fans to grab in potential bronies that are fans of other uh franchises too i know there have been a lot of crossovers between like my little pony and the movie 300 there have been a lot of crossovers (laughs) from the from mlp and the video game portal I mean, there are so many different things out there. There is literally something that someone has done where it's crossed over with everything else that's on the internet. It's a true story. Um, One of the most popular, like, offshoots, if you've got a friend that's a little bit uh, twisted, I guess is the word I'll use, Friendship is Witchcraft is really, really popular. And I can sort of give you an idea of how this is going to go, just because in the very first episode of Friendship is Witchcraft, the first thing that you see, it's a it's a play on the Paris Brights episode. Oh, okay. And the first thing you see is Fluttershy coming over the hill, and she's singing the Hellfire song from um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and she's, she's singing it in her sweet little voice. That's a little creepy. <laughs> so, 
Like, if if Scott Frederick's a little bit twisted, that's that's an okay way to go about it. I try, suppose. You could try friendship as witchcraft. Now, when it comes to informational videos, uh, beyond the official Brony documentary, which is really amazing, it gives a really nice uh, broad picture of the entire MLP Brony, I guess, movement that's is about the best way to put it. I like that word. I like movement more than phenomenon. We'll keep movement. There are a number of videos that are, that have been made by other bronies and even non bronies that are very well done and very informational, especially for the purpose of finding convincing arguments for watching ponies. Um, One of them that I know that was, it was just one episode on a YouTube channel, but uh, PBS's idea channel released a, uh, episode entitled "Are Bronies Changing the Way uh, Are Bronies Changing Our Perception of Masculinity?" and they did a very very nice uh, they made a very nice picture of how of these fans of MLP who happen to be older guys and I thought it was really amazing I was really glad that they treated it in such a mature way. And another one that was that is very, very good, and it was made by a brony himself. His name is Saber Spark. He has his own channel on YouTube. Uh, the fan documentary Ballad of the Brony is very, very good. It's about an hour and 15 minutes long, but it is well worth the time invested in watching it. Yeah, Ballad of the Brony was this really cool thing because what this guy ended up doing for Ballad of the Brony was he – I believe this is the, the – one that I am, yeah, it was a school presentation, yep. um, and it started off as they were supposed to be doing a presentation on um, deviant, deviant behaviors. Yep, deviant behavior and subcultures. Yep, yep, and so the the idea of deviance sort of for him became a way to look at brony culture because deviance isn't deviance has a really negative connotation in our language, and it isn't it's not supposed to a deviant behavior is just something that goes against the norm and for bronies that behavior is simply men between the ages of 16 and 25 enjoying a show that was intended for an audience of four to six year old girls yeah and that's the deviant behavior in this situation and so what ballad of the bronies does is really takes a very strong educational informational look at what it means to be a brony why this behavior is considered deviant and you know it's 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 a really really good thing it was the first informational video i watched about bronies after i started watching my little pony and started really getting into it i was like well you know what does it mean to be a part of this subculture and that's what ballad of the brony was my entry into exactly now the last thing that we have, and this is this is one where I think it really serves as a reinforcing point, and that's winning people over by example. And being an awesome person is one way to show that how the show is. Um, it's amazing to be a part of just bronydom in general. I mean. Showing how fun it is to enjoy the show and be a part of the global community is a great way to introduce the to introduce new people to the franchise, and just being able to see what other bronies do when it comes to the greater scope of the global community itself. I mean, they bronies are inv- involved in so many 
uh, acts of charity and so many uh, nonprofit things that it's just amazing to see how giving these people are when it comes to helping other people out. It's really true. I, it, you, you really have to be a good example of a brony if you want to bring other people into the herd. And it's it's really just about embodying that idea of love and tolerance and not getting upset when people don't want to watch the show, understanding yeah. their reasons for maybe not wanting to be a part of it, and not shoving it down their throat. If somebody doesn't like ponies, if they've given them a chance and they don't care for it, that's fine. But at the same time, if they haven't given it a chance, sometimes the best thing that you can do is just be a good brony. And yep. eventually they'll start to come around and say, well, you know, okay, I'm starting to see that this is really important in your life, and I want to know why it's like that. Exactly. So we've given you a lot of really great tips on how to get your non-brony fans to at least start to watch the show with you. And you, if you're a brony, you already know that after those first couple of episodes, you're hooked. Exactly. <laughs> So, you know, I hope you guys can take what we've said to heart here and you've got some great tips on how to go about getting more people involved with the Brony community because it really is a great group of people that I think just needs to keep on growing. might have lost our way in Everfree Forest. I, I thought we were heading for Zakora's, but I think we were supposed to have gotten there like 15 minutes ago, and we are totally out of cupcakes. Well, that's sad in I, so many ways. I, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> Hope that Pinkie Pie finds us. Okay. Well, while we're waiting for Pinkie Pie, I think the best thing that we can do is talk about the, the ultimate plight of being a Fargo Brony. Yes, and that is, why can't we go to pony conventions? <laughs> They're so far away! They are so far away. I mean, the closest ones that I've even heard of are on either coast. The, the two biggest ones are BronyCon, that's B-R-O-N-Y-Con, because it's the one in New York, and then there's Everfree Northwest, and that's the one that's out in Seattle. <laughs> and we are smack dab in the middle of the country, <laughs> equidistant from both points, to a point that it's just impossible to get to either one of them. It's true. You have to devote yourself to wanting to go to one of those and save up for, like, a full, like, plan on this for a full year to do it if you're living out here. And it's so sad because these cons are so amazing. Like, the the Brony documentary that John Delancey did was filmed mostly at BronyCon uh, 2012. I think so. And it was... Like, it's so amazing to see all these guys in their pony shirts and they're walking arm in arm and singing winter wrap up. And it's like, it's just this amazing event of community and friendship and coming together on something that it's a, it's a shared love, a sense of camaraderie. And I'm sitting out here in the frozen parts of North Dakota where I can spit and hit Canada. Yep. <laughs> and, and I'm a sad, cold little brony. 
it's it's tough, but you know, it's at least good that we know as many people as we do over the internet that are able to talk to us and to be able to converse and you know interact with each other in at least that form in at least that format i mean yeah the the internet is the great equalizer yes because i mean there are some people like living tombstone who lives all the way out in israel and he doesn't know any bronies out there yeah so it could be a whole lot worse it really could be and you know Kudos to him and all of the other bronies in other parts of the world. I mean, at least in the States, it, we're a little more connected, but... Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, it... Oh, 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 I think I think I see Pinkie Pie. Oh, man. Thank heavens. I think, I think that means we are about to get our way out of Everfree Forest here. <laughs> Good deal. Everypony's favorite male pony stopped by, and after we shared a few of our delicious muffins with her, she was kind enough to deliver our mail. So let's see who's written in this week. The first we've got here is from Vinyl Scratch. She writes in, I invited Octavia over to listen to some music last week, and I knew she'd just love all the wubs. But when she came over, she was horrified. She told me that it wasn't real music and that all I was listening to was noise. I was really upset when she left. Is my music worse than hers? And how do I get her to like my music? I think the best advice that we can give to Octavia is what every brony and every pony needs to remember, and that's to love and tolerate your friends. Oh, yeah. Octavia was probably a little wrong telling you that you were just listening to noise, but she's a classically trained musician, and she doesn't quite understand <laughs> the the wubs as much as you might want her to. Oh, yeah. And, you know, every every pony is different, and they'll all have different tastes and different, I guess, different in- likes and dislikes. And, you know, it's you don't necessarily have to share the same likes and dislikes to be a good friend to somebody. Yeah, so maybe if she doesn't like your music, that's okay. Maybe you can find something else that you like together. Exactly. We also had a letter come in from Lyra Hartstrings. Lyra wrote in saying, sometimes I think that there's something wrong with me, like I'm supposed to be different than who I am. All the other ponies in Ponyville laugh at how I sit on the benches sometimes, telling me that it's like I think I'm not a pony at all. I wish I could be normal like all the other ponies. What should I do? I would suggest that, you know, everybody is a little different at some point in some way in their in, ty- in their lives. I mean, everybody is a little different and... You know, you may behave outside the norm sometimes, and other people might make fun of you for it, but really it just what matters in the end is who you are as a person. It's all about remembering that it's, it's okay to be who you are, and it's important to remember to love the person that you are. If you're a good person and you're not hurting anybody, then what you are and who you are is 
perfectly fine, regardless oh, yeah. of regardless of if anybody thinks that it's a little bit funny sometimes. Exactly. Well, our last letter came in from Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie is always writing in to us. She is. She is. She is my favorite. My favorite listener. <laughs> so this week, Pinkie Pie wrote in saying, "Hey ponies, I have to know which name do you like better, Chimmy Terry or Terry Chonga? Chimmy Terry, Terry Chonga. Oh, and tell me what your favorite dessert is of all time. If you let me know, I'll tell Mrs. Cake to make you something nice for helping your pal Pinkie Pie." I think I like chimichurri. Oh, I like cherry chonga. <laughs> I'm all about the cherry chonga. I like the chimichurri. <laughs> cherry chonga. Chimichurri. Cherry chonga. <laughs> well, apparently we can't find an agreeing point, but that's okay. Totally. There was a secondary part to Pinkie Pie's question, though, so maybe maybe you can still put in a good word a good word with Mrs. Cake for us, anyways. My favorite dessert happens to be cheesecake. Cheesecake, huh? I love cheesecake. Any kind of cheesecake. I don't care. If it's if it's thick and creamy and delicious and cold, I want it. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I think my favorite has to be angel food cake. Oh, do you like it with strawberries? I do. It's the best best way to go about it. I know, right? <laughs> Well, thank you, Everypony, for writing in with your letters. Uh, we apologize if our favorite male pony, Derpy, didn't get your letter to us in time. But don't fret. There's always next week. We will have more letters for you, as well as our stoically awesome advice, as always. This week's Pony Spotlight covers Twilight Sparkle. Originally a unicorn pony, Twilight Sparkle recently became an alicorn pony. Oh, now she's t- Princess Twilight Sparkle. Yes, she is. Does that mean that Luna is still best princess? I think so. <laughs> okay, okay. So, <laughs> despite the fact that Twilight Sparkle is now a princess, she can still be Best Bane 6, and Luna can still be Best Princess. Yes. As I sort of just alluded to, uh, Twilight Sparkle is one of the main protagonists of the show, and she is really the true linchpin of the main six. Indeed. She resides at the Golden Oaks Library with Spike, her assistant, and her pet owl, Owlicious. Owlicious is my favorite pet. <laughs> Who? 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 Owl wishes. <laughs> she actually has some really great family in the show as well. She's the younger sister of Shining Armor, and now the sister-in-law of Princess Miyamore Cadenza, or as she prefers to be called, Princess Cadence. Yep, and I don't know. Shining Armor is the is kind of a interesting guy too. I mean, he's the head of the royal guard that protects. Uh, is it just Celestia, or would it be Celestia and Luna? It's Celestia. Well, it's just Celestia because Luna has her own guard. That's right. She she's, she's got the ones with the fangs. Yes. Um, but it seems that now Shining Armor's job has probably changed somewhat since Princess Cadence became the Crystal Princess, and I believe is now staying in the Crystal Empire. That's a good point. So I would assume that uh, 
Shining Armor's job has shifted slightly as he's moved over with Princess Cadence. Maybe we'll find out more of that in Season 4. Oh, here's hoping. Yes. Back to Twilight Sparkle, though. Twilight Sparkle is, as one of the main six, she is representative of one of the elements of harmony. Twilight Sparkle is representative of the element of magic. Yes. Uh, She's a bit asocial when it comes to interactions with other ponies and has trouble making new friends. I think that's part of why she's my favorite pony, because I identify so much with her. Like, I have I have trouble making new friends and, you know, being bold in new social situations. And I think that Twilight Sparkle shares a lot of that with me. Um, she also is super, super smart. She pursues knowledge for knowledge's sake, and she does so with this undeniable, unquenchable thirst. Oh, absolutely. She is constantly looking to learn new things and push her boundaries and get better at, you know, working with her magic, and it's it's so intense. Exactly. Uh, she's a very calm and rational pony, and usually even-tempered. Sometimes, though, she tends to lose her cool, especially when things, I guess, when she perceives things as not necessarily the most logical or the most rational. She doesn't like it when things don't add up. If if it yeah. if it is outside of her realm of knowledge, she does get a little bit jittery and loses her cool. And then she evolves into Rapidash. <laughs> <laughs> Twilight Sparkle is probably the biggest confidant of the main six. She's often the pony that the other girls go to when they have a problem or they have something that they need to discuss. And it it's caused her a little bit of a a problem in a couple of the episodes. Like um, when Rarity and Fluttershy are not talking to one another about the issues that they're having with Fluttershy's career as a model. Yep. And as Twilight Sparkle ends up being the the pony that these girls go to talk to she feels like she can't help in the situation because all she's able to do is listen exactly the last thing that we really need to make mention of and you know we've mentioned it before where her element is the element of magic twilight sparkle is very very talented when it comes to magic i mean there are every unicorn in the series can use some some magic to when it relates to their special talent. But as Spike put it in one of the episode one of the early episodes of season one, her special talent really is magic. And she knows so many spells and she can do so many things with her magic. And it's probably only going to continue to expand now that she's become an alicorn. Yeah, what's it's really just astonishing how you know wide birthed her her magic powers really are. I think that in the show, other than the princesses Luna and Celestia, Twilight Sparkle probably has the most magic potential out of any pony in all of Equestria. Exactly. enjoyed today's show, you can find back episodes of The Underground on iTunes or at our website, theundergroundpodcast.wordpress.com. 
Please subscribe to the show via the iTunes store or directly through the RSS feed on our website. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, make sure to give your letters to Derby Hooves so she can bring them by the recording studio. Or you can just email us at theundergroundmailbag at gmail.com. Please feel free to join our discussions on the D20 Radio Network forums as well. That's d20radio.com backslash forums. Please join us again next week when we'll be taking a look at some impressive teams. And remember that our recording studio is always open to you if you love and tolerate. Thank you.